Guys and gals, and welcome to Dude. Check this out, a music podcast where we talk about music from the past and the present, and we talk about it with artists from the future. A quick footnote, uh, we talk about a lot of music here, a lot of genres, a lot of tunes, a lot of um, ideas, but I can't touch, or we can't touch on all the genres. Um, there's too much happening in the music world. We'd like to talk about as much as we can. If you have any ideas of what we should talk about or who we should talk to, please email hambonerelay at gmail.com, and we'll try to respond as best as we can, and we'll try to work with different artists from uh, the U.S. that are touring through uh, Philadelphia, which is where we're based. And speaking of we, this podcast is run by Hambone Relay. My name is Rob Tate. I'm the drummer of Hambone Relay, and I'll be uh, interviewing today. And uh, on the computer is organist Mark Brown. Hey. He's a beautiful man, beautiful soul. He also runs business dealings for Hambone Relay. Um, and another quick thing, if you want to check out any of uh, Hambone Relay, which is a great organ trio, please check us out on uh, YouTube or Spotify, any of the socials. You know. Okay. And today, we're going to talk to the fantastic Rachel Andy. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Awesome. Like I said, we have a different co-host every show. So far, we've had John Gilbride and Trap Rabbit, yes. who you've worked with, uh, yeah. Logan Roth of Trap Rabbit. He's in your band. Exactly, yeah. Right on. Oh, I love the new album. Thank you so much. To Me Monk. To Me Monk. Okay. I've been practicing it. Because um, <laughs> it's it's French, correct, for I Miss You? Correct, yeah. Um, are you, You're not... French. No, no, not <laughs> so, at all. So why? So I, um, growing up, always like romanticized the French language, and uh, my father actually learned French in college. So it's something that he always knew, and I kind of always admired, and like, oh, that would be so cool to be able to speak French. Um, and I speak Japanese, but I always really loved French. So I wanted to have um, something that represented this feeling as opposed to uh, like I miss you, um, yeah, and yeah, very uh, cliche. Yeah, in the right. English language. It's, yeah, exactly. I like it. And like to me, monk, what it really means in the French language is um, like a piece of me is missing when you are away. It's kind of like it's the beautiful. yeah, it's really beautiful. So I wanted that um, to be like the concept of the album, and um, all the songs kind of like relate back to to that. All the song topics kind of weave in between Tumi Monk. Yeah. Okay. Now, we'll dive back into the album, but my question is this. Uh, is this album centered around a bunch of different people or events? Or? Yeah, so this, um, it's funny. I guess I can explain the whole thing. I uh, never really aspired to be a musician. Mm -hmm. um, when I was younger, I always wanted to be a dancer. I grew up as a dancer, and um, I met someone who really inspired me to want to change um, myself and um, what I did in my life and um, brought real music into my life and inspired me to play guitar and like really work towards that. Um, what did they show you? Oh, kind give of us like, some music. Give us kind something. Kind of like, um, like soul and spirit 
okay. in music, which was something that I was lacking. Like I had chorus in school, but I never had like spirit and soul. And it was the first experience I had where I was like, I want to sing and write about what I'm feeling because it's real and raw and I want to share it because I know other people probably feel it too. And um, So who were the artists that this person was showing you um, when you were a kid? So we weren't, we, oh, okay, yeah. So um, we both really loved Death Cab. Mm. Ooh. Yeah, Death Which Cab album? for Cutie. Um, I Will Follow You Into the Dark was like the song that we played together. And okay. honestly, not too many more. I know we uh, listened to... Um, Gotta spend some time. Like I don't know that one. You got. I will possess your heart. That's a title. And I know that you'll find love. Okay. Okay. I will possess your heart. It's beautiful. Nice. It's really cool. Okay, so you and this person play music together. Um, like you, that's who you learned guitar from, or or you were um, just inspired to play guitar through knowing this person. I started playing guitar a little bit before meeting this person, and then seeing them play guitar was like, oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. I, I want to write because it was really like their original things that really made me inspired um, to write like my original music, and um, yeah, so like we played guitar together, and it made me think like I really want to to write music and. Um, so that's kind of what inspired everything. And, you know, the entire album, to be honest, is every song that I ever wrote from the experience that I had with this person um, because it was so impactful in my life. And it was at a time in my life where I was so lonely and so, um, to be honest, depressed. Mm. And this was the only way that I could really speak, like, my truth and, like, speak what was going on in my life. Um, and so the album, album is like a culmination of songs that I've written from when I was 15 to like 1920. Um, like 21 actually, like the beginning. Okay. And, um, yeah. And then I met, sorry, I'm like going off into a no, whole thing. Please. But no, please. I want to hear the story. Honestly. Yeah. And then I met, um, you know, all these musicians and kind of like waited for a while, like really wanted to find the right people who could, you know play this music and like share the story and I found uh, Mark our bassist um, through another band I played in Las Palabras um, with my friend Christopher oh we know Chris yeah yeah and uh, me and Shout Mark to Chris Finari. yes Chris Finari and Christophonic Christophonic on Instagram <laughs> Is it um, weird that now you have to know people's Instagram handles like off? Offhand? Well, Christophonic was actually his like original like I think it was like a keys uh, DJ kind of thing. Like he was like DJ Christophonic. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, oh, think. he's gonna he's gonna call I me think. out so hard. Like you didn't know that, bro. <laughs> what are you doing, dude? I could I could also be saying like you know I think that's what the project is, but but he definitely was like Christophonic because I've seen. A little sticker on his hand. We're gonna get we're gonna get emails just from Chris, just like you guys suck. Okay, oh well hold gosh. on. So I'm gonna take a step back real yes, fast. Yes, yes. I so, kind of no, it's good. It's good. It. You're like popping up to the the album. <laughs> I have so many other questions because yes. your your life is interesting. Um, you were a dancer as a kid. Yeah, you were a tap dancer. I was a tap dancer. Okay, yeah. my question is this: Why? Why? Um, so I started dancing when I was three years old. I fell Damn. in love. Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> I fell in love with it. Um, it was my life. It was how I expressed everything. Like I'm really energetic. I um, no. <laughs> 
and it was like the way I could let that out. Um, so my parents realized that I really loved it and kept me in it for a while. And I got to the point where I was like doing all the kinds of dance, like tap, jazz, modern ballet. Um, and I just refined my dancing skills and tap became my forte. It was like the greatest thing I had ever learned to do for me. It was so much fun because I'm always like hopping around when I was younger. And now I could like hop around and make music with my feet. (laughs) (laughs) It was so fun. Um, Yeah. My question is this. When when you were doing tap, were you... Um, thinking about the music at all, or was it mostly like, mostly like a physical, like um, energy thing? Just it was like- definitely when I was younger. I was not thinking about the music. Like when you like learn choreography, it always has to be within the time of the of the music you're doing it Correct. to. Yeah. But in the time that I was tap dancing all the time, I wasn't really a musician. Musician. Like I like to sing, but I didn't have like aspirations to be a musician yet. You weren't thinking like LA and no. like well, doing the whole thing. For as a dancer, I was. Like I wanted to go to Juilliard and like really? do the whole thing. Yeah. I was And how old were you when you decided like you wanted to go to like like to Juilliard? Twelve. At twelve years old you decided to, you wanted yeah. to go to Juilliard. That's amazing. Well <laughs> But I knew, you know, I, I just, I knew that it was something that couldn't last for me, like, as time went on. Like, when I was, you know, around, like, 13, 14, 15, I started having um, mental illness issues, mm. and that completely killed my, my dance vibe. I couldn't dance anymore, and it was tough. Like, I would, like, you know, be really upset, like, going to dance class. Like, I can't move. Um, like, I can't get up. Let me um, ask you, let me ask if you don't mind me interrupting. Yeah, was was no, it no. A, a combination of anxiety and depression? I had, so I have um this is not something that they knew when I was younger because mm-hmm. I was just having like severe anxiety attacks and would just like not get up for days. Mm. Um so they thought I had depression and uh, an anxiety disorder. Um and then when I was uh, 15 I started taking this medication that is now not allowed to be prescribed to, to, to kids. Are you serious? Yeah, I saw an ad on TV. It was like, um, not safe for children under eight, the age of 18. So you were taking heavy doses of whatever this drug is. Yeah, and, it's and actually, um, because I know other people ex- have had this experience. It's called Abilify, and it works for adults. Oh, okay. um, but I was really young, and my brain is not matured yet. So it really affected me. And... Um, I ended up having, you know, uh, like a um, a suicidal attempt when I was 15 years old just because of this medication. Like, I could never imagine I would do that. But because the way this medication made me feel, um, I felt just in doing that action. And it's what landed me in the hospital um, where I met this person. <laughs> Oh wow, that's the Who connection. Inspired, uh, yeah, my entire musical life. Was okay. Was this person? One last per- question about this person. Sorry for being vague, but it's the way this is going to be. <laughs> um, was this person on staff, or was it somebody who was also in the hospital? Oh no, it was someone who was also in the hospital. Like they okay. were like around. You know, we're two years apart. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it was just. A crazy, really, like, looking back now, it's like, I can't believe this happened. Mm-hmm. You know, what happened? Essentially, like, I fell in love in a mental hospital when I was 15 <laughs> years old. And, Is that a uh, song yet? That's the whole album, really. 
It really See, is. Take your trials and tribulations. <laughs> you can make something out of it. Um, so you grew up in Chicago. No. I was no? born in Chicago. Okay. And I actually haven't been back to Chicago since. Wait, so you're just born there like I they were passing through? There. Or it was just, um, was that where your parents lived at the time? They lived there at the time. And then they were going to stay in Chicago, but my dad uh, went to Wharton for grad school. He got into uh. Wharton. So he moved to Philadelphia. And then we moved out to the suburbs when he got a job. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And so I grew up in Lansdale, actually, if you know where that is. I do. Yeah. We go there every now and again. We yeah. pass through Lansdale. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, you describe yourself as a, uh, a Japanese-American multi-instrumentalist and songwriter from Philadelphia, PA. Sorry, this is from the website. Um, her solo project consists of looping guitar, intricate vocals, and uh, tap dancing as percussion. You had that on the album as well, the tap? Not on the album. Okay. So on the album, it's the music that I made with the band. Which this is, is the first album, We the Peop- with We the People? Or? So this is um, the... So the the album Tume Monk is with the Fifth Element, right. which is the band that I'm currently playing with and will probably be playing with for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, we the People was kind of like the backing band for the first songs that I wrote um, from the inspiration of this music in my life. Um, okay. And essentially, what uh, I as a musician wanted to do was before I wrote like all these, you know love songs about the truth of like what I was experiencing. I really wanted to write about what I was seeing outside uh, of the world. So The Common Calamity, which is the first album I released uh, in 2016, is entirely about like putting yourself in other people's shoes um, and the experiences I've had with people who were less fortunate in life. And um, all the songs are really personal um, experiences that I've had with people who just like did not have it good. And it was my experience of what I tried to like see. It was like how I tried to see their experience, essentially, mm-hmm. and then wrote songs from their perspective. And these um, these songs and people you met were in that that three year time frame from fifteen to eighteen. Yeah. When you became financially independent yeah. from your solo at that yeah. point, did you? Where were you living? You were living in Lansdale at that point. I still, was. Yeah. At fifteen, and mm-hmm. you met people throughout those next three years, which formed uh, the creation of the Compton Calamity. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, where did you meet these people just in life and passing? Like- so, um, it was really in passing. Um, like I, when I was 15, I, I moved out. Um, and the first group of people who I became friends with were all musicians and bands. And so we would play together and it inspired me to write parts for the album. And then, um, after I was in a relationship with one of them and after we parted, uh, I moved to West Philly. And that was West the first. Philly. Yeah, West <laughs> that was the first um, place in Philadelphia that I lived in. And within two months, I met all of the musicians that played on the first album uh, on the Common Calamity. It was such a spiritual experience for me being in West Philly, constantly meeting artists mm-hmm. <laughs> everywhere you That's go. That's where everyone lives. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, West is the best. Yeah, and um, there's definitely a little bit of a scene over there. With like, uh, if oh we're talking gosh. about Philadelphia, you know, like basement scenes and and different venues, um, and you just you know, like the World Cafe Lives of, of West yeah. Philly. Yeah, and and West Philly, the the biggest part for me was the house shows, the DIY house shows, the basement shows, the living room shows. And you play a I ton mean, of those. I did. That's how I like really got my you know kick 
off of the ground because I was really just a you know acoustic singer songwriter like and I did go to a lot of open mics when I was really young like 15 through like 18 okay yeah and that's really how I worked up the confidence to even like play with people um well no, I, that's I, amazing I'm self-taught and mm. um I didn't really get to like you know, learn everything the way I wanted to. So I learned from YouTube, um, and that's how I learned how to play music. And uh, so I was always really nervous, like, to jam and stuff because I didn't know, like, how to jam and still, like, struggle, you know. If I'm not singing, like, trying to play an instrument and jamming is hard for me. Well, you never, you were never put in an environment for that to thrive or happen. Like, no. in a teaching environment, you have to play with students, like, recitals sometimes. Right. But, like, you definitely uh, learned off of, the YouTube. internet, yeah. <laughs> which, by the way, all music teachers fear because if you wanted to, if you wanted to work hard enough, you did, you could learn music just off of YouTube. Right. If you worked hard enough, right. And teachers would be out of a, a job, but I know. it's it's good to have somebody who to have like focus on you in person. Definitely. Um, to work out like technicality kind of things, because there are some things that like I, I was like kind of playing the guitar wrong and stuff, but like no one told me until I was around a group of musicians who were like. You know, your amp is like this and your guitar is like this. They wanted to help me, you know. Right. But that's the difference, though, is that it is that it's considered wrong by the people who have learned from the the standard, I guess we'll call it. Yeah. Or the general knowledge. But the, then there are the people that learn on their own and they create a whole different style. Like, let's just this, I'm not saying you are this person, but Hendrix learned the yeah. guitar upside down. <laughs> right. So it, it's not necessarily wrong. It could be wrong and bad for your hands, mm. but there are many ways to play the instrument. Right. And which is beneficial because it helped define your style through necessity. Yeah. Which is great. And for me, like, I didn't have any sense of how I should write songs or anything. I really just, like, streamlined, like, songs would just come to me. I would really feel it. Like, I believe heavily in God. And I would just, like, realize this all of these oh I'm so sorry all of these thoughts were going through my mind and I'm like I gotta write this down and I would just pick up a guitar and like it just came out it really just came out like it's so weird to think like how did I even create this music looking back on it now at the age that I was when I listened to my first album it really just came out it was like streamlined consciousness like just what I felt I played and I was just like praying to God that it was the right thing were you ever uh, nervous about how honest it was? Um, this is the common calamity we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, um, not really, because I felt like this was like something that I had to share, and so I felt confidence in it. Like I really felt called to do this first. Like that was like my first. This is like how I see the world because of the people I've met, kind of a thing. Um, and what I wanted the goal of the common calamity to be was for people to listen to it and understand, like, wow. This is intense, and for a lot of people, they don't get to experience those kinds of emotions. So putting yourself in, in shoes like that can be really, um, you know, humbling in a way. And so I didn't, I wasn't really nervous because I thought, you know, if anything, it would help people. And mm. that was like my goal. And also my goal was with that album to help people go to sleep. Um, Insomniacs. Really? Yeah, I would really consciously think about that when I would write these songs. Um, and I had people who, it's so crazy, who I met uh, like through open mics. And this one lady um, said her four-year-old daughter has trouble going to sleep. And she plays um, my album like throughout. And she falls asleep immediately. And oh. now she's like, you know, she's I want to listen to that song. Oh, and she cool. plays it. <laughs> and like, oh, that, 
you know, it's things like that that really keep me going. Because being a musician is hard. It's not something that I really ever thought I was going to be. Um, and there are so many things that go along with it that I never imagined. Are we talking about, like, um, uh, we'll call it ego or? Yeah, definitely ego. Because okay. I, you know, I, I tried to focus a lot on myself when I was younger to, like, really love myself. Mm. Um, but when you get this kind of positive attention from people, it definitely feeds into, you know, yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you and try to keep yourself grounded. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, I try my very best. Um, but sometimes it can get hard because I'm constantly playing shows. And so it's like I'm promoting myself and my brand in a way which is not really genuine Mm -hmm. um and that's tough for me I I battle with that sometimes I do too it's the you want people to see what you've been working on but when you promote your stuff it feels kind of narcissistic yeah and it it, it does you just become like oh just I'm another one (laughs) you know (laughs) exactly and there's so many and you know I know that they're like all important all the messages like that we create are so important um and so but you're very positive with your outreach or we'll call it we'll call it your social media presence for Mm -hmm. now because it's just easier to uh pigeonhole so Mm -hmm. on your social medias and when you put articles out or or videos you're very positive you are probably one of the most positive people (laughs) i've met in the scene because i know me i'm a cynic yeah um but and Mark Brown can attest to this. True. Um, so, but you're very positive, and I think when you radiate that kind of emotion, people can really sense it. It's not doesn't feel fake. Mm. And I find, and like you said to me before we started the podcast, is that people do respond when they feel like it's real. It's 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 it affects them. It, it truly does. Yeah. You brighten up people's day just by like maybe like a quick video of a cover, which you've done a few covers on uh, Facebook and YouTube, right? Yeah. I uh, That's how I really like started sharing was by doing covers on mm-hmm. Instagram and YouTube. YouTube is where I first started. Mm-hmm. Um, I was pretty young too. I was like 15. And if you look back... <laughs> It was funny. Um, my friend Mariah, who's also in the band, Del Rio. Um, eh? Yeah, Mariah Del Rio, who I sing with. I love her. She. We were uh, looking back at old videos, and I was like 15, and I was just god awful, and it's just so bad. And it's just really amazing to think, like, by throwing yourself in the scene, you're forced to grow. You're seeing people constantly around you who are so amazing, and it inspires you to work just as hard because you see how hard they work they like bring multiple suitcases gear and and merch and and everything and you're like oh my gosh that's the thing like they're doing the thing and when i saw that i was like i want to do the thing like how can i do the thing and they, and and i feel like you're you're so positive and you would ask, you would ask these people and they would just genuinely tell you yeah like okay. i my, <laughs> it's funny the way i've kind of like worked my way around the scene is just being really honest and like, because I don't know anything, <laughs> like, I really don't. I'm just like asking because I have no idea what's going on. So I'm just like asking people along the way, you know, how to do this, what to do here, you know. And it's it's really what's gotten me where I am now. So I feel really grateful. That's surprising. I mean, like, um, uh, people, sometimes I know, I know some people who are, will be nameless, but they want to keep their trade secrets. Right. You know, it's so great that you met the correct people at the right time, including your bandmates, just to be like, what am I doing? And they'd be like, well, here. (laughs) I was just really lucky and Mm -hmm. truly like it's I can't (laughs) 
I can't say it was me. I really, you know, I thank God every day for the opportunities. Like, he really has led me exactly to where I need to go. Like, I, the way I met these people. And, like, that's why it's so important to us and why we're really friends. Because, like, we all kind of saw how it formed together and and the community and the culture and I started throwing these like little festivals and that was like really inspirational for a lot of people and it um it's just a really beautiful thing I, I just got really lucky mm-hmm. I really did I just met the right friends and people at the right time um and some through like the craziest situations really um and I just got lucky I really did well here's, here's something I wanted to ask when you became financially independent going back mm-hmm. in time you um you moved out of your parents place you still lived in town mm-hmm. what were you doing for work like what was the worst <laughs> job that you worked in that life in that span because I have I have a couple when I was working that age and I was just oh, curious yeah. so what you were doing to live yeah so I actually had to drop out of high school because I was working three jobs that'll um, do it yeah <laughs> <laughs> um I was working at Wendy's. So this is my, I worked at Starbucks in the morning. I opened at Starbucks and then I would go right up the street in Lansdale. There's like 309. So I worked at the the drive-in Starbucks in 309 and then I'd walk up the street and then I'd open for lunch at the macaroni grill. And then I would work a double at the macaroni grill or before, actually before that, before I got the job at macaroni grill, there's a Wendy's right next to the macaroni girl which was like my first like (laughs) so I was just working all food like my first job was Dairy Queen and then it was Sbarro they were both in the Montgomeryville mall and then Wendy's and then Starbucks it was like all in this you just you just hopped around this little circle this little mall of like food and bev it was like because they wouldn't give me enough hours that I needed to pay for my living expenses Mm. which was intense and it's why I had to drop out I just like wasn't cutting it and um luckily I had like a real you know a partner at the time so it wasn't as severe as it could have been um but yeah I was tough like I was working like 70 hours a week it was absolutely oh my god ridiculous <laughs> and the only reason I remember 70 is because I wrote a poem it's like working 70 hours a week struggling to stay alive like <laughs> oh my so god silly sounded like a rap um, there I know right like so silly at the time I you know it was really it was really when I was like I'm never gonna do this again because I was forced to do it in order to survive and I was like what can I do to make sure that I don't do this for the rest of my life because I dropped out of high school I you know I don't have the kind of connections that like my you know a lot of my friends in the community had with their parents and getting jobs and stuff you know, I don't have that. So, like, what can I do? And um, I realized uh, when I was coming to the city on the weekends, there are people busking and making money. So I was like, oh, my God, I could just busk and make money because mm-hmm. I could play, you know, music. And um, so I started in Lansdale, actually. There's a tattoo shop called Red Lotus right on Main Street. Right. Um, and the owner, Rob, would let me come for First Fridays and play outside. So that was like my first real experience with like making money as a musician. And it was like, was it decent? Was it like, like, I don't know, maybe a hundred bucks first Friday? Yeah, it was like a hundred bucks. Yeah. Like, and like $1, you know, $5. It was crazy. It added up. Yeah, it did. And when I realized like, this is something I can do, like people will pay me just for playing. And it was like, for me, like, I'm just like practicing 
with you know outside <laughs> like are you doing you're doing mostly covers at this point all covers okay yeah what kind of stuff um so my first covers that i started to do because i wasn't a musician and i didn't have musician parents all the music that i knew really came from like nickelback pop <laughs> not nickelback <laughs> no not that <laughs> but it was like you know taylor swift selena gomez justin bieber like that was all my first like you know pop and then i would like turn it onto uh, guitar and make like an acoustic cover like um fun that band was like some oh yeah, yeah. Stay up. like the just pop covers that i would see on youtube i was like i could learn that and then um that's why i think so many people enjoyed it because they were walking by and they're like i know this song and then they're like oh you know you were giving people joy at the time yeah, and that gave was, you joy it was really beautiful um, that transaction in terms of pop music mm-hmm. um did you learn the pop covers as a necessity or that you or did you actually enjoy the genre that was all the music i knew okay honestly Besides so whatever that, was on the radio or whatever yeah. was playing in the cars your bus when you were going that was all i knew okay um and then the first like real band i was introduced to is when i met this person um i really started listening to blink 182 yeah and i love 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 everything that came from that like it was like the first like oh my god like i'm a human being and i feel this way nice (laughs) what album did you listen to the most um their self-titled blink oh that's such a good one such a good one putting that on the list yes amazing um they really inspired me to like write what i was feeling um and so that was like the first like real big band and then from there came like you know death cab um, I started learning like Death Cab songs, Modest Mouse, mm-hmm. learned like Ocean Breeze, Salty. And there were songs that I wanted to learn that I knew people already like emotionally connected with. Like almost all the covers I play like talk about, you know, like like most songs, but like life experience. Like I really like the ones that focus on like kind of like God and angelic kind of like things. Mm. Um, and then, you know, like the talking heads and oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, just like that really spiritual, beautiful. Everyone can connect to and relate with kind of kind oh, of it's, stuff. It's great, man. Yeah. Were um okay. So at that point, you were learning these covers, playing outside uh, mm-hmm. first Fridays for this tattoo shop. Mm-hmm. When first? When did you move to Philly? Uh huh. When I was. What, when, how old were you? Eighteen. Eighteen. Okay. Yeah. And that was the same year you were waitressing, making enough money, and then you made the first album, Common Calamity. Yeah. So I saved up a bunch of money. Um, after I worked at the Macaroni Grill, essentially my boss was like my Woo. best friend, mm-hmm. and they like taught me how to serve and such before I was eighteen because like you know I needed the money, and they're like as soon as you turn eighteen, like you could do the thing. And um, so I went to PJ Willihan's, if you know where that is, in Bluebell. I don't know the one in Bluebell, but I know PJ Willihan's. For yeah, sure. and I made the most money I've ever made. Oh wow! Like, it's crazy. can we get a? Are we allowed to have a ballpark? Um, anywhere from two hundred to four hundred a night. Wow. Crazy. That's nuts. Yeah. It was were you nuts. that posi- This pot. Were you this positive back then? Yeah, it's something that, like, if you met my mother, you would understand. Okay. She's okay. just like always smiling, like always, you know. Well, that's amazing that, that you did it all on your own from 15 all the way to 18. Then you put the record out. And then on top of that, you joined. Um, well, actually, let me ask. Is this when you joined the youth programs in Philly, like started teaching kids? Yeah, it was right around that time. Um, I, after living in West Philly, let me think. I moved to 
Ardmore. Yeah. Because my mom lived out in Ardmore. Um, she, we lost our house uh, in Lansdale or North Wales area. Okay. And um, fire or? It was like through the housing crisis. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And um, yeah, that market housing crash, crazy thing. Yeah, that's the uh, 2008 crash. Wait, 2008, 2008, right? Yeah. Because yeah, so, oh, yeah. uh, the big short movie is all about it. Yes, exactly. Um, oh, that sucks. Yeah, oh. it was crazy. It affected a lot of people and it, it was crazy. Um, so your mom moved to Ardmore. Mm-hmm. And then my dad actually moved to Austin, Texas um, because he essentially like with the, you know, the housing crash and like he was laid off from his job. Um, we, he decided he wanted, he didn't want to work a nine to five anymore. Like he did the thing, he did the business thing, like got an MBA and everything. And he's just like, it's not what I wanted, you know, my life to represent. And, um, so he is very big in the pro-life movement, um, due to experiences that he's had in his life. Mm-hmm. And so he decided he wanted to work for that every day. He wanted to work for God. So he and had so, a calling to, to do this and move. Yeah. That's really cool. It's beautiful. And yeah. The work that it's called heroic media. Mm-hmm. The work that they've done is just so amazing. It's not like they're fighting, you know, people who are like pro-choice at all. Like, you know, it's okay. But for the people who do not want that and want support, um, that's what heroic media is for. It's essentially like connecting women to um, women health resource centers to where they can actually get the support and care and financial needs to have a child. And when they have the child, they write letters to this organization just thanking them. You know, it's the most beautiful thing. Um, It's really, really special. And I'm really proud of him. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Um, Let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. When... Back to the uh, the schools and teaching kids mm-hmm. how to uh, yes, yes, yes. to about all about music. You have this quote, <clears throat> which I wanted to read, and I wanted to get like what get deeper into it. You have this quote: it's, "It's uh, there's nothing like being able to pour the knowledge of music into the minds of ever growing and ender, ever and wondrous children, all all while being an example of love and respect. You want them to show others down the line. Yeah. That's like a lot in <laughs> that little that little quote. So dive deeper into that. Like why why did you want to teach kids about music was it something that you wish you had as when you were younger yeah so um i sorry so when i worked in ardmore i started working at this place called music training center mm. and they had um babies and parents classes so people would play guitar and sing to um babies and their parents it was really amazing it was like how parents connect with their kids and like getting them with rhythm and like uh, accustomed to music and when i was like playing these songs and doing the thing it was fun and wonderful but i was thinking I could provide the same music and knowledge to the kids in the city who don't have music programs. Like in preschool growing up in the suburbs, like I had music, kindergarten, you know, through, I had all these amazing music <coughs> programs um, that I didn't know until I moved to the city is like not the same in Philadelphia. Right. I mean, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. It's a problem. It's a serious problem. And um, so what I thought, because like I don't have a college education, 
I, you know, have a GED. I did get my GED. Oh, good for you, man. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. That's yeah. awesome. I got it right after I dropped out, so I wouldn't forget to do was it, it. Wait, it was so you wouldn't forget it. <laughs> so it's not like, oh, I should probably get this. Like, I need to do this now and get just for later. Yeah, because okay. I, I had a, I, you know, I knew that, like I said, like I was working in the restaurants and stuff and I was like, oh, I can't do this for the rest of my life. It was so tiring. And so I was like, I have to get 70 hours this a week? Done. It was, it was like 60 to 70. That's it was disgusting. Disgusting. I'm it was gross. And I was, <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> because me vomit. <laughs> yeah, right. Because I, I, it kind of stunted my growth as a musician. Definitely at that age is like when I really thrived. Like my voice was best when I was like around 17. Did you blow it out? or No, um, but just so much like, like stressors in my life kind of like mm. really um caused me to like neglect how to like sing correctly it sounds crazy mm. but um i just really got like nervous all the time um and well, it might be because i was like playing for a larger audiences but mm. my voice changed definitely okay it wasn't yeah. you don't think it was age because you're only 21 yeah or 22 right? 22 excuse no. me so you don't think it's age anymore it's more stress that was affecting your it's voice it's definitely stress related um i think now as an adult i've had <coughs> you know as most adults like the most stress that i've ever had in my life <laughs> oh forget the 70 70 hours of work now it's worse because <laughs> now it's real you know you can't mess it up now. i don't know at 16 and you're paying for your living that's that's pretty much as real as it gets ladies and gents um here let's talk about this the uh, the the fifth element yes the guys that you met Mm -hmm. uh, within the two month span, uh, here, I'm going to list them off. And then I, I want to ask a question about them on bass is Mark Nesman and keys is Logan Roth on drums is drew. I hope I say his last name, right? Garris. Garache. Garache. Oh, okay. It's, we all had to work on that for a while. Garache. <laughs> Garache. Sorry, Drew. Um, on pedal steel and lead guitars, knuckles on backing vocals is Mariah Del Rio. Is the band pretty much the same, or is there some first string, second string policy when you do like shows? It's pretty much the same um, because we all have our own solo projects. Mm. Literally, all of us. Um, it's common to where we can't all play a show. Especially, I've been playing the most I've ever played. Um, my philosophy is never say no unless I'm busy <laughs> to any show <laughs> offer. That's a way to do it. <laughs> yeah, because it's brought, like, even the smaller shows that you maybe would be like, eh, is this worth it, have brought connections in my life that, like, have gotten me jobs and teaching opportunities, like, amazing connections. So I always pride myself on, like, never saying no unless I literally just can't do it. Yeah, we played this show at, um, uh, shout out to Russ at Dawson Street Pub, and we played uh, down there. I think this was in November of 20, it would have been 2017, and there were a few people there, we brought a few people, and we were playing, we were having a good time, and there was somebody sitting at the bar that Russ called over and asked to sing with us, mm -hmm. and we were like, oh great, so somebody that's drinking is going <laughs> to sing a song with us, great, thanks Russ. <laughs> Turns out, we, we do um, Come Together by the Beatles with this guy, oh, he's really yeah. good. Mm-hmm. And we don't know who it is. And turns out it's Dan Reed from WXPN who who works at WXPN. And after that, uh, just from that one show, we got um, Free at Noon, That's the amazing. big show. And then we just it just kind of rolled this yeah. whole year. Like our year started with Free at Noon. And then we played 
uh, 90-some shows. We played, like, I think seven festivals, Mark? Yeah, seven. Seven, That's music, amazing. seven festivals. And it all started with just that Dawson Street pub <laughs> and, and Dan Reed being there singing Come Together. Yeah, Dawson Street is unbelievable. <laughs> oh, it's great. And it's always, like, a good listening room, like, yeah. good people. But back to what you are saying. So you took most opportunities. Even if the band wasn't available, you play it solo. Yeah. As long as you were playing to people and making a difference. Yeah. Okay. So when I would do solo, I would either do um, just a loop guitar set or the tap set where I make the percussion, I loop it, and then play guitar over that. Um, So I would be doing that for my solo sets. And then sometimes it would just be a three-piece, and um, my boyfriend would play djembe, and Mark would play, like, upright bass, and I would play acoustic. So we would do, like, a three-piece acoustic kind of thing. And I've seen you guys do that before. Yeah. uh, When I played with uh, Emily Drinker at that mansion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was Mm -hmm. so much fun. Yeah. You guys are great. Thank you. Um, I really... Your boyfriend's great, but I really like your bass player, yeah. uh, Mark. Um, Mark's amazing. He was solid, and all of a sudden he busted out Donnelly, and I started giggling. <laughs> and I was like, that's funny. Um, he's amazing. He's, he's very good. Yeah. Um, shout out to uh, Mark. Mark but, um So you released, well, not re- well, you did release it, the album. Tuma I did. Monk. But the thing that helped Tuma Monk is this Kickstarter you guys yeah. did. You raised $10,000 for this album. I will be honest. <laughs> Oh, let's. Oh, before you give me the the quick footnote, <laughs> ten thousand. Yeah, insane, dude. Now give I, me the footnote. <laughs> half of it came from me, to okay. be honest. You mm-hmm. know, you have to put in as much of your dreams from your own side as people are willing to give you. Well, I thank think. you for being honest. Like yeah. that's not something that people would usually share. So good for you, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's of course, because awesome. that's just the truth of it. You yeah. know, and um, it Did was. A- I knew it was a big goal. Yeah, and but I wanted to. I knew what I had and I kind of guesstimated what people would be willing to offer for the support that I was getting at the time. And I thought, yeah, I could totally do this. Uh, that's amazing. And then so this this Kickstarter covers the um, recording of the album mm-hmm. and paying your musicians, I'm guessing. I don't need to know. But you're also doing something with our friend yeah. uh, and yours, uh, Skylar Jenkins. Skylar, yes. You so, guys are doing a video album? I yeah. Need, uh, tell me more about that because I wasn't sure what it is. So it's a visual album. Okay. Have you ever seen um, like Beyonce's Lemonade? or like Yeah, she Beyonce does a Man? video per song. Yeah, exactly. kind of like the idea? So it's, it's essentially like a short film to where there's a music video for each song. And the way that she, I, I was really inspired by the way she did it. In between each song, there's like an interlude that kind of like explains the story of the album. Because when you listen to the music, you listen to the lyrics, and it explains a story, but with an album, there's always like, you know... There's got to be a common thread. A con- uh, Yeah, a conceptual thread. Mm-hmm. And um, the interlude poems, I thought was just such an amazing... like Because I really started out with poetry, even before music. That was like how I would write, is just writing poetry. And so I thought it was so cool to put the poems in between the songs that kind of like inspired the songs in a way. And um, so what we did is essentially we're like three quarters of the way done. We have a couple more scenes that we have to do, but we're almost done, which is so exciting. It's been such an experience doing this with him. Yeah, you um, guys have gotten hurt. And, yeah, we've and- gotten hurt. <laughs> I've gotten sand in my ear that I've been picking out for four months. Um, <laughs> you'll see why. And Skylar got uh, pretty messed up from that fall following he, you. He fell on oh, his skateboard while he was following me on my bike. and like really, Was it a hill? It, like he, It was. So, you know, do you, have you gone to Wissahickon Park at all? Mm-mm. So in Wissahickon, no. there's this really cool like winding trail that goes along the little creek there. And um, 
We Did you like, say crick? I'm sorry. Oh my god, no! I like I like I hearing people's dialect. Say, no, it's okay. I was gonna say creek, and then I just slipped. You ever go down on a crick? <laughs> Skylar and you are making this video series. Are you gonna release it once a month? Or are you gonna do it like so, in stages, or are you gonna release it all at once? Yeah. So essentially, once it's complete and it's compiled and, and done, we want to submit it to film festivals because it's like a documentary, or it's um, kind of like um, a music film combo kind of thing okay we're still researching you know the ins and outs of what but there are definitely you know festivals that do this specifically like with music um and so we want to release that and with the rules of that you can't really release the whole thing online or anywhere for a year like it has to be you know, uh, put through this thing so what we're doing is we're taking three to four videos and creating individuals like single music videos out of them Kind of like what Kanye did with the, uh, what's the album? The Twisted Dark Fantasy? Yes, 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 yes. In that same way, like he came out with the first ones and then came out with the whole thing. So it's kind of like a sneak peek into it. Um, but also, you know, not a lot of people are going to watch like the whole thing, you know. Not they first, just want, no. yeah, the, the little, you Give know. Give me bite-sized pieces. Exactly, exactly. So we're going to release the bite-sized pieces of all the, the most popular songs. And then um, a year from now, essentially release. That's amazing. The uh, visual album. You also went on his uh, project, The Great Escape. Oh my God! So, uh, or oh, sorry, Escape the Escape Artist series. The Great yes. Escape is Six Flags. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Escape Artist series. You went with uh, John Gilbride, Brendan yeah. Johnson of Stella mm-hmm. Ruse, and uh, Pete Hill. Yeah. Um, who I just learned about. Uh, I just learned so about amazing. Pete. He's great. So um, we had John on the podcast. Yeah, uh, the first one, couple right? weeks ago. He's a part of the first one. Yeah. Uh, what's it like collaborating with those guys? Uh, I know you guys did one of your. I think which song did you do uh, live on video? Uh, Horizon. And we we did uh, a couple actually, okay. and I did um, Fraternal as well, mm-hmm. and um, both on Tamimunk, and it was like the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. Mm-hmm. Really, like Skylar got this RV, and it's amazing. And he was like, yeah, I just want to like, you know, travel with artists and musicians. And he's such a kind hearted human. He just really wanted to do this for the experience for us to be able to write music. Mm-hmm. Like just That's that. very, that, very kind you know, of him. It's yeah. amazing. And he drove the entire time. Like he's no. so. I know. I thought we that was a like, joke. I thought they just kept catching him on film no. while he was driving. I was no. like, you just want to look like you're doing something. No, he did the whole shebang. Like, uh, it was amazing, too. Like, it was so communal. Like, we would cook food at night in, you know, the RV and, and out, uh, like, by the fire. And essentially, like, it was just, like, a group of people who, like, we all knew each other, but none of us were, like, friends, you know? And in this trip, like, we all became great friends because we realized how similar to each other we were. And I don't think any of us really got too much writing in because we were having so much fun in the experience (laughs) of what we were doing. Um, And we went down to Asheville, North Carolina. And along the way, we would stop at, like, national parks and just, like, chill and hang out and record these videos. Mm -hmm. Um, And what we did when we would record the videos is you know, we had 10 minutes to learn each one of our songs and then Skylar would record it, you know? And so for a lot of us, like, this is the first time, like, hearing these songs. And so we're just, like, trying to remember. And you watch the videos and you can kind of tell, but it's pretty impressive. Like, for 10 minutes per song that we all learned what we did, it was really cool. And, you know, the backdrops, just, like, beautiful landscapes of nature that we we were lucky enough to capture. Then we made our way down to Asheville, North Carolina, 
And um, one of our friends from Molauda and the, one of Skylar's friends from Molauda and the Humble mm-hmm. um, told him about uh, this guy, Ethan Pierce, who's down in Asheville. And he's a local musician around there. So he connected us. And when we went down there, we met up with Ethan. And it was the coolest thing. Like we, he showed us like all throughout Asheville. And then he's like, oh, my friend is hosting like a songwriter circle tonight. And so we go to the songwriter circle. It's in this beautiful, like classic, like Asheville, like house. It's mm-hmm. like this kind of like Southern open vibe to it. Um, and even though they're like not down South, it's got that like vibe that like, yeah, it's got that right. thing, like a, like the homey southern something or other, Yeah, it's right? like in the mountains, like that, uh, like, yeah, it's, oh my God, have you been there? I've never been there before then. Not Asheville, no. We've it's, been, we toured down south, like Virginia, and uh, we've played Winston-Salem and yeah. uh, Georgia, but we've never gone to Athens. The community though. there is amazing. Uh, Athens. <laughs> Athens. Asheville. Asheville. <laughs> Begins with an A. It was it's, close. Oh yeah, very close. It's It was so amazing. And um, so we went to the songwriter circle, and there's like, we like. 13 of us in a circle and we all play guitar and we all sing. <laughs> so we're all like going through and you know we did three whole rounds we were there all night long and just like tears were shed like hearts were open it was just the most real experience yeah, john told me a funny story that he and brendan johnson uh took something that made it a little more outlandish for the, for that evening. I don't know if they told you about that. <laughs> Are you serious? I was left go out ta- of this. <laughs> go talk to them about Are it. Are you serious? <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. Um, okay, so that sounds amazing. And then you recently came back. You guys are starting to release the videos yeah. for that series. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome. You go check it out on YouTube. Check out The Escape Artists. Um, you also run a monthly music festival. <laughs> yeah. You are just so busy. Like this past <laughs> month, you have so much going on. So, okay, tell me why you do this monthly music festival. Yes. Okay, so why at the, um, I do it? Wait, hold on. So it's at the so Secret Garden on Green. We've right? had so many. So it started there. I used to live um, on 11th and Green in mm. like the Eraser Hood, you know. Nice. Um, right where like Phil Mocha is. And <clears throat> we had this amazing backyard. It was like a secret garden, literally. You wouldn't think it was back there because you know, buildings, like houses were surrounding it. Um, and we just thought like, we should totally have like little parties here. And I was like, how about we just do like a music festival? Like I kept meeting all of these actually through the West Philly, um, house shows and basement shows, all of these amazing artists. And I thought like, how cool would it be to utilize this space to bring these people here? I have like a good amount of like friends that I've just met through different jobs and experiences in life that like are interested in the scene, but like never really get to experience it because they're not in it. So they don't know like where to go or what to do. And so it was kind of like a safe haven for these people to come and experience amazing local music. And all of these people would like become fans and like continue to go to these bands shows. And so when I realized like that I had the power to facilitate that, I I thought I got to do this, um, you know, for the bands. And I also, you know, met a lot of people through doing it, too, which is really cool, you know, as a musician to to meet people who also come out to my shows. Like because I didn't want it to be about me and my band. I didn't want that vibe. Um, So I only played two of them in the past um, two years. So you oh, it's been two years running this. Almost. Yeah. Um, Do you? So you're hosting most of the time. You're so I host it every time. I see it. And I am see it. Um, I do the sound. 
Sometimes I also run the door. <laughs> a, woman, a woman with many hats, you could say. Oh my gosh, that's great. great. Um, okay, so you do these shows, mm-hmm. you meet tons of people. I'm assuming you're charged at the door. Yeah, so okay. I always charge $10. And the cool thing about it is like, I have been blessed with opportunities since I've gotten older. Um, like a good paying jobs now, you know, with teaching. Um, like enough, you know, yeah, you're where living. I can, yeah, where I can like pay for food and drink and offer it to people and, you know, have a space where everyone pays the money could be split between the artists and like, I'd still be okay. Like I didn't have to take a cut. So that was like what I pride myself on. Like all the artists would make all the money that we made at the door split between musician, which was like a really big deal because, you know, each artist had, you know, its own um, set, but I'm sure you've, you've experienced this. When a solo artist makes as much as an eight-piece band, it can get tough, you know? So what we did is divide by musician. And, like, everyone really liked that because it was fair. Oh, that's really cool. every single musician has to put a lot into it, you mm-hmm. know? Everyone's playing their Rehearsal, set time, everyone, rehearsals. Exactly. Um, so that's how we divvied up the money. And um, when people started realizing, like, oh, I can make money from this thing and, like, grow fans, they wanted to play. And so I got, like, pretty, you know, big, like, local acts to play. And that was really fun. That's um, awesome, man. Yeah. I know that you've had some of your members play your festivals, like yeah. Trap Rabbit. And yeah, Trap I'm assuming everybody, else, everybody else's groups. Yeah, the whole um, Kirby and the Vibe Tribe, um, the Dawn Drapes. You had... Um, Ellen Siberian Tiger. Oh, she's great. Mother Moses. Who Don't know who that sings is. With her. Oh my God, he's amazing. They're like, they're really close. They're um, like in the West Philly scene. He's okay. so amazing. I love his songs. He's definitely, like, one of the most underrated artists in Philadelphia. Like, I talk about him all the time. People are like, I don't know who this is. I'm like, dude, you got to listen to the songs. They're so good. Um, but we, who else have we had? Um, Abby Reimold. She's amazing. If you know, Have you heard of I her? I don't She's think. so good. Oh, she's a, she um, mainly plays solo, I think. She does, like, a loop set. Such beautiful soul and, like, spirit when she sings. She's really amazing. Um, and then who else have we had? Josh Miller. Josh oh, Miller. I love Josh Miller. We talked so about amazing. him um, with uh, Gil Bride. We talked about Josh Miller. He's yeah, fantastic. So great. Um, oh. We've had a bunch. It's been it's been amazing. Uh, Miss Cantaloupe, if you know them. And I don't. You're naming all these Philly artists <laughs> that I'm going to have to tag on the Spotify playlist. Yes. <clears throat> you, in your song, Speak Your Truth, mm-hmm. which is on the To Me Monk album. Mm-hmm. I want to give a shout out to your drummer Drew, because I love the, the drum, the, the drum groove. Yeah, the mallets, and I'm guessing he t- either taped up his drums or he really got. He like, he edited the drums actually, because like that was one of the songs he was like, I really want this to sound the way. It's, well, he did it. I I, did it. I truly enjoy from drummer to drummer. I like the groove a lot. Yeah. Um, there's not much else like it on the record. Yeah. What, what is the inspiration for that particular song? If we did like a dive, like yeah. what, what is that song about? Yeah. So real quick, like a side note as yeah. to what Speak Your Truth came from. So Mariah, one of my best friends, um, is from Utah, Salt Lake City. And uh, she had me come to Utah with her mm-hmm. to like visit and hang out. And I met her friend Sarah, who's an amazing dance instructor over there. And she has four kids. Amazing. We went over to her house and one of her kids had... Um, um, this drawing that she was like giving me and so I, I held on to it and Sarah had something written on the board it said speak your truth and so at the bottom I wrote speak your truth because I thought that was so cool I never heard that before and so I went back home and I have like a couple little um, what are those um, 
not styrofoam, like those wooden boards. Like that the post-its. You, oh. can po- you can post like a little note to yourself later. Yeah, it's okay. like one of those boards that you push pin things into. And um, I put it on there. And then I was playing this riff. I was like, oh my God, this sounds so cool. Then you looked up. And I looked up and it said, speak your truth. <laughs> and so I was like, speak your truth. And I have a recording of me. I'll be like going a like 10 the... minute recording of me being like, speak your truth, like speak your truth, you Spoken know, <laughs> word over, over your, over your loop. You know, I was like really trying to explain like why I write music and, um, you know, where it came from. And so all of that, once again, like a streamlined consciousness in a, you know, voice memo recording on an iPhone for 10 minutes just came out. It was just like coming out of my mouth. I was just singing it and thinking of like what I felt and that song came out. And um, I did edit some things, you know, out because it was a little personal, <laughs> a little more personal than, because it's a personal song, but it was pretty personal. Okay. Like, I felt like maybe this could affect the person that I'm... <laughs> You're going to get a call in a couple weeks. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah, you uh, shouldn't have done that. Um, we have a problem. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, the song is essentially about, you know when I first met this person, like in the part where it's like, I was standing there holding a plastic bag filled with my socks and the clothes that I'd wear for a couple weeks while I tried to find myself inside a white box, which is like the room of just white and no windows that I had to be in. I didn't know what I was doing here because I was like so messed up on pills. (laughs) Uh, I just knew that I had to start to heal because I started um, harming myself. Right. I had like severe issues with chemical burns that I inflicted upon myself at a young age. And it was so sad. Um, And so like I knew that I had to start to heal. I wanted to go. I wanted to go home. And that was like speaking about, you know, going back to God. Like I wanted to to not live here anymore. I wanted to go home like back with God. Um, And so, the you know, the whole song is essentially like it was no wonder, you know, like it was. I met this person and I essentially like not only spiritually, but like physically, like um, growing up as like a half Asian, half American person, like there aren't many people like me. And I had to experience like a lot of cultural push and pull, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm two completely different cultures put in a human being. Right. And like you kind of switch between the two. Yeah. In terms of what culture to follow. There's exactly. no a place for you to kind of go. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And um, the moment I saw this person, I was like, oh, my gosh, you look like me. Like, mm. you look like me. We have, you know, very similar attributes. And then um, I started realizing we essentially, like, wrote each other letters mm. uh, in the hospital. And we weren't, boys and girls weren't allowed to talk. So we would, like, pass these notes. Like, And, um, yeah, I, like, started learning, like, this person is, like, the kindest person <laughs> I've ever known. And... The kind of like kindness that I want to learn how to give to people because I was so mentally messed up that I was like the experience I was having deep inside. I was projecting onto other people and was really dark Um, and I like was addicted to drugs and alcohol and at a young age, you know, not good. But like this person from the moment I met them, like writing these letters coming out of the hospital the experience that we had, like seeing each other, meeting after that, um, like changed my life. It was the first time I felt alive ever. Like I met someone who was like me and loved the world and loved nature and loved people and wanted to say hello to every person who walked by and wanted to share just love 
you know, and it was the first person really, unfortunately, that I met, you know, I was 15, the first person I met who showed unconditional love to the world. Mm -hmm. And it it inspired me to be a musician because I was like, I have to share like this, like so many emotions that I started feeling and um, wanted to transmute into music. That's beautiful, though. And that kind of that's what happened with Speak Your Truth. And that's there's something to be said because you definitely learned from the people that you've met, how to be very kind, which you yeah. are, and you're a beautiful soul, and you're Thank you. killing it. <laughs> Thank you. I really, you know, if you saw the person I was before, and I, it's, it's, you know, it's a lot to give someone that kind of credit, um, but I really believe, like, my, it was a catalyst in my life to completely change the person I am. And, like, the first time I really, like, took a glance at God with a serious lens, um, and, uh, yeah, I feel really grateful <laughs> because, you know, I was really mentally ill. Like, I don't know without this experience if I would have ever been able to have a real, you know, real consistent job and like real consistent community. And I still struggle with that. Um, as much as online, it may seem that I have this presence where like things are going great because I'm getting so many shows and because, you know, I'm doing the f- music thing full time, teaching, um, it definitely takes away from like the energy I have for personal relationships. And, um, that has definitely been tough for me. Oh, for sure. It, it, you have to divvy up your, um, we've talked about this on the other two podcasts in fact as well, which is balancing yeah. life and in <clears throat> your work, we'll call it. Mm-hmm. So when you're, I'm not saying that you, well, I wasn't trying to say that you're reflecting that all these great things are happening. They are, mm-hmm. uh, but it definitely you, you and I both feel that when you do that, sometimes it feels fake, disingenuine, and it kind of takes away from your personal relationships in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. It I, definitely does. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes I'm working so much that I don't have the time to, like, continue. Like, text texting is a big thing that I'm, like, getting used to, that I have to, like, respond within a day. <laughs> you know, don't tell like, me you have a flip phone. I don't. No, okay, because no, no. I was about to be like, you're probably the girl that has like the Nokia flip or something. I one of wish. These. I wish I didn't make the mistake of getting a smartphone because I set a whole new standard for myself because I could do so many things. Right. It's the computer in your pocket. There's, it really is. There's so much to do. Like uh, <laughs> I posted a bunch yesterday for my stuff and, Mar- and uh, Hambone Relay stuff. And it becomes like a whole, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, obsession. You need to make this look good. You need to promote this product. You need to promote this show. You need to... How long has it been since the last ha- time I posted? Yeah, am I going to continue my, my algorithm status? Right. Like, it's, 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 it's too much. And, and what I was trying to say before was you, you radiate positivity through these. And I think people respond well to that. And I think you're doing well. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're killing it. Thank you. I just really want to, you know, do the thing as best as I can. Because I've had the opportunity to even do it in the first place. I don't want, you know, to only do it for myself. I realized, um, actually, with this crew I met out in Havertown, shout out to the Cuddy's crew. They're literally the greatest human beings I've ever met. Oh, yeah? Greatest musicians I've ever met. Nobody, like, knows about them. Um, You know McGill Cuddy's? Yeah. So, like, Josh... Emily's Josh plays out there a bunch, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so Josh is, plays with that crew. Yeah. Um, have you heard of Steingard? Steingard, yes. I'm so sorry for Josh Steingard. Name. <laughs> Go on, sorry. Um, who I actually first met when I was teaching a music training center. He teaches there as well. He teaches drum lessons. Oh, right on. Um, 
And um, so Josh is out there. Have you heard of Hezekiah Jones? Yeah. Yeah. So Raph is actually the one who like really got me into the scene um, there and like gave me opportunities. Um, Raph also books for Fergie's. He does. I'm, yeah. He okay. does a couple different things. He does 118 North now as well. 118 North? Or yeah. Oh, you 118. said 118. Same thing. I yeah, heard same 118. thing. I think it's one. <laughs> it's funny. I guess I always say 118, but I guess it's 118. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's the same thing. Doesn't matter. Same thing. But it's very cool. Um, I, I did see your performance on the Hezekiah Jones uh, open mic. Uh, yeah. You have a video on your Facebook, I believe, right? Yeah. And real quick, one more shout out uh, to Chris Grunwald because I don't know if you know him, the Chris Grunwald and the Slow Response. The no. Grizz, Grizz Band. They're absolutely amazing. And also, sorry, shout out, because I love these people so much, to Sammy Vile. Oh, um, no, Vile yeah. Bread. Yeah, he's also a part of that community. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, and Matthew Grosso as well. There's a, uh, You're a, about to list like every Philly band and musician that you I can mean, think like, of. Just be like. This group has shown me so much community. And I wish I had the time to be out there more. Because it's a little, you know, it's a 20, 30 minute drive. But every single week they have like Wednesdays and Sundays. These amazing open mic like jams. And they're all friends and musicians who come out every week. And they're such talented players. It's literally like the best music I've heard in the city out in Havertown. Like, it is so much fun. And it's really like what inspired me. Like, I want a band. Like, I want a full band that I play with all the time. Um, I love playing with people now. Like, now that my project is done, I'm going to work on, you know, I mean, we're still going to play as a band and we're going to work on writing music all together. Because Tume Monk was like my solo stuff that the band wrote to. Mm. Now we're going to write as a band. But also, I want to really just, like, be a part of other people's projects. So my friend Tim, I tap dance for in his band. It's like a folk band. Um, I started playing flute. So this year, I want to, like, play flute with people. Um, and I want to be a part of those things. Because that's how I realized, like, the real community is and, like, the real, like, what I'm looking for now. Now that I am doing the thing is, like, that community. I want to play and be a part of something more. I like doing my thing, but, like, like I said, it can get egocentric, and you can kind of, like, lose your way, especially I'm doing it independently. <clears throat> like, I've never, I've always, you know, never had, like, a label or anything, so I've always released stuff by myself, like, on TuneCore. And, um, yeah, so, like, being a part of a community, like, really being a part of it like them playing all the time you know just like coming up with instruments behind <laughs> you while i'm playing solo it's so special and um they're a part of like the folk fest crew as well if you know and you've been going for a few years folk right fest. um actually only two years last year i worked for a wind power company called inspire mm -hmm. and we went there and but then i realized like my whole crew was there and somehow i got into the campgrounds i like i guess i thought like i was supposed to stay there over the weekend because it was kind of far um, so when they came around, I was like, wait, I, am I not like camping? And then when I went, they gave me a wristband and I guess like, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to have it, but <laughs> I got lucky. Um, so I got to go into the campgrounds and that really changed my life. Um, oh, the whole jamming till 4am thing. Oh my, it never ends. Like I did it. <laughs> I went one time. It, it was an okay experience because of, uh, what my situation was, mm. but, um, uh, I remember I drank most of this Canadian club I had. <laughs> I, too, had a poor relationship with alcohol. Um, <laughs> go figure. Um, but I drank most of it. As many musicians do. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but Lyle Lovett was the headliner. was amazing. And then I realized one of my favorite drummers was playing drums. I am wasted. I am gone. Lyle Lovett leaves. His big band is there. And I'm, I go up to somebody who's on security. 
And I go, can I talk to the drummer? I just want to talk to the drummer. She's like, she's like, this is weird, but okay. Like, thank <laughs> yeah, God. That's God bless I, you. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> she, I run great. to this guy. I'm like, hey, man, I'm a big fan. I'm a huge fan. Thank you so much for playing today. I was, I don't even remember what I said. He's like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And you know when you run out of things to say to somebody <laughs> that you admire? Like, and now? And, well, and so this the next thing that came out of my mouth my mouth that I remember is what would you tell a musician that's like kind of in your shoes at like 20, well, 24. He, he just looks at me like, keep at it. I'm like, thanks. Have a great day. <laughs> and I walk away. Um, and then I remember I played Cajon till three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I don't remember past two. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I had some, some fun. I, it's in times like those where I like to, dive into the psychedelic world so <laughs> oh so okay uh, <laughs> so when i brought up the psychedelics earlier it's not that you don't it's so just i i i thought they took i'm sorry i can you say that i thought they took edibles oh that's what i'm talking okay about. all right cool the way you said it was like did they trip without i was trying to be cool with the the, the video and the, the podcast but it's okay we could talk about that because right, well, it's it's a huge part of you know what my music has come from mm. um in terms of like that streamlined consciousness, Can I <laughs> have dabbled a lot with, okay. um, yeah, Fair enough. experience. But it's, you know, something that you only have to do for a short amount of time to get the insight that you need. And then like you could put it in a box for a little Why'd you look at right at the camera? Just like, please don't hate me for this. <laughs> I mean, too. Um, but I, you know, it's something I, I can't deny. It, mm -hmm. you know, changed my life. And I, you know. I became a more kind-hearted person because I realized we're all the same mm. <laughs> in those experiences. Um, Very cool, so man. Yeah, I don't mind. Well, here, I'm going to just wrap with uh, this, is that you're killing it. Thank you. And uh, you're, you're doing a great job. And I think that uh, this album is only the, the first step for you in the fifth album. Yeah, thank you so much. fantastic. Well. Thank All right, now, ladies and gents, we talk about the music news, all things that are current, and we talk about uh, certain things that are happening in the industry. And I got a couple things up here that I will talk to Miss Rachel Andy all about. Did you know that they're creating a movie based on Prince's music? It's not a biopic like Purple Rain. They're making like a, a Mamma Mia. That's amazing. Thing. Well, it's I, I, I put it in, it's good, but it's also terrible because yeah. like now he's dead. He has no control over any of his stuff, right? Well, well, this is the thing, how I see it. In the same way that when popular artists cover songs from like the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, 50s, mm -hmm. there are people who will never hear those songs. There are people who will never know Prince. It's true. Because like, for example, I, as much as I'm a musician, you know, I only know two Prince songs, to be honest with you. Which ones are those? Um, Purple Rain. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the name of the other one. <laughs> What's the melody of the second one? Um, if you sang it for me, I would know it. <laughs> you so, know what I'm saying? Wait, so you know one Prince song. Exactly, yeah, so I know one. You know, <laughs> you know, and know I'm the just, main one. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's just because, like, I'm, you know, I, I'm not a, I always say I'm not a real musician, but I kind of was just, like, you know, shoved into the thing. I, my parents... You know, my mom listened to like Japanese music and my dad, well, they loved ABBA. Like J-pop or are we talking no, like... No, no, like, like Are we talking like old Japan. school? I oh, got it. And it's, it's, it's like hip. It's like... What would your mom listen to? Um, she loved ABBA. 
Japanese music was. Oh, ABBA? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, thought you meant, like, I have American. so many questions now. <laughs> I wish um, she had like two or three artists that she really loved, and I'm going to be honest, I can't remember. Well, how about this? How about you text your mom, or if you do talk to your mom, uh, I'll put it onto the Spotify playlist, okay. but we won't mention it here. Heck yeah. Um, okay, so they're making this movie. Universal Pictures has acquired the rights mm-hmm. because. Prince passed away, so now his estate is pretty much just giving it to everybody. So Prince's songs are on commercials, this, that, the other thing. It looks like, here's what the article says. Insiders stress that the film is not a biopic, but an original story with Prince's Prince's classic songs driving the plot line. Uh, uh, The Prince estate has been inquiring with studios about such a film, and Universal chairman Donna Langley worked aggressively to acquire the rights it says it felt that the biopic angle had largely been covered by Prince's Purple Rain, which have you seen? Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. It's it, it's kind of like a loose interpretation of what his life was. Mm-hmm. And meetings have begun with potential writers and producers and execs are hoping the film can be, be something like Universal's Mamma Mia, like I mentioned before. Yeah. And a completely original story where Prince's music help, helps drive that narrative. Yeah. And it's great. I guess you know what? You're right in the sense of like people need to learn about that music. Yeah. For example, as... <laughs> I gotta be honest, it sucks because I. The if Beatles we say Mamma Mia one more time, oh, okay. Part of my life, but I didn't know any Beatles songs before I watched Across the Universe. Okay. That was my introduction to the Beatles. And I was, you know, in the seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And um, without Across the Universe, I would have, like, never known Beatles songs. And then I learned those songs. And I got into the Beatles and learned all their songs. And then you dived into the catalog. And now, yeah, I got the you know the whole book and everything, and I play all oh, the really? songs. Oh, really? Oh, wait, you got the big white book with oh, the yeah, tab? Yeah, yeah. Um, my dad has that, and we in the papers like like super thin because they had to fit all the songs right? into, into this thing. It's amazing. It's and now they're a huge part of my life. But like, I feel ashamed to say that I didn't even know them because my parents never introduced me to them. Not you know, mm-hmm. no musicality in the family. So I kind of had to like find all these things on my own. But without Across the Universe. I would have never had the Beatles. So in that same way, like I know there are kids growing up who have no idea, like me, honestly, like what Prince was about, really. Mm-hmm. Do you, um, I didn't ask you this earlier, but do you have any siblings that play? No. You have how many siblings you got? Two. I got an older brother and a younger brother. What do they do? Um, my older brother is a personal trainer. Nice. Yeah, he's great. Um, he like does fit and health kind of stuff, like all organic. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. My little brother grew up as a tennis player. <laughs> Like, yeah, he um, was sponsored by a program uh, that Billie Jean King had called Down the Line. Okay. And he was amazing. Um, But he had, um, you know, an injury and along the line, it was just a lot. Like, he wanted to go to high school and be a regular kid. So um, he started going to Lower Marion. And then he decided instead of, like, wanting to coach, he kind of just wanted to, like, live life. So now he's just, like, down in Texas with my dad. Oh, cool. And he might go to, like, um, college down there. So. All right on, man. That's yeah. very cool. On the next bit, bit of uh, news, mm-hmm. uh, are you a Springsteen fan? Once again, I'm not a real musician, so I oh, can not Okay, hold on. Oh, we're going to stop this now. <laughs> I let it go because sometimes we say these things about ourselves, but you play guitar. You sing, and as far as I'm concerned, you tap dance. So you are a musician. You have rhythm. You're a musician. We're going to end that there. Maybe maybe you aren't that I mean, technical, Yeah. but you can learn that. I guess, yeah. That's that's really what it is. It's it, like all when people find out I'm a musician, they talk to me about things happening in music. I'm really not up to par. 
you know, I want to be like, oh, you know, but I'm always like writing down things and learning. You'll see me like, you know, always when people are talking about things, writing in my notes. Like a little note to check because out later. Because that's how, that's how I know the music that I know. Because I, there's, <laughs> that's the only way I could learn it. Right. Well, you know what you should do? Not to no, give please, you advice. Like is everything. You, sh- you should honestly <laughs> maybe look into like a teacher just yeah. to like kick your butt. See, that's um, my friend Jimmy Faber. He plays guitar. I know Jimmy. Out in- really? Mark knows Jimmy too. Yeah, I played in a band with Jimmy for years. No actually. way. In fact, that side note. Crazy. He's my favorite guitar player. We'll get back to Jimmy. <laughs> He's um, great. Uh, she played, Mark Singer just opened up a coffee shop. Yeah. And Oakmont she played, Roots. She played the opening. Yeah. Mark oh, awesome. is amazing. Cool. Yeah, you played so in, um, not to steal your peach. It was an old soul. Old soul. Oh, no yeah. way. Yeah. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Mark. Small world. Yeah, small world. So he opened that with, Mark Singer opened that with his um, his wife, I'm guessing. I, yeah, okay. with Tamar. Um it used to be a, a head shop. <laughs> right on. Yeah. That, that was a great boy or whatever it was called. Um, what was, was great? Great boy, right? Great boy. Something like that. Yeah, that was his, like it was that. his too. It was right? his. Yeah. Same hey, cool. building. What? Yeah. Okay. But you know, he had a kid and he was like, I want to do the family thing. So I'm going to open a cafe. <laughs> we saw him uh, play with uh, one of the almond, uh, Greg Almond's son. Michael, oh, Michael yeah. Almond. Michael Almond. That's amazing. Yeah, that's um, great. All right. So back to Bruce, because this is for me. <laughs> uh, Bruce Springsteen, uh, it says, is writing new music. He's going to finish up his thing on uh, Broadway. Have you heard about the solo thing he's been doing on Broadway? No, For about so five cool. or six nights a week, he does a show on Broadway, which is basically his... Um, he put out a book called... Um, I have it at home. It's called. I think it's just called Born to Run. Yeah. Um, but he... Basically, the show talks about his life, and he plays some of the hits. Each show is different, though, because he feels like playing this or that, the other right, thing. Right. So basically, it's like being in the living room with Bruce for so three cool. hours, and he does, he's does. he been doing this like all year, That's and now amazing. Netflix is putting, putting out a video version of it in a couple weeks. That's awesome. Actually, I think it'll be right around the time this podcast drops. Nice. Um, but he is probably not going on tour next year. Mm-hmm. He's taking the year off. But uh, hopefully be back in 2020. That's for me. Little, little Bruce. <laughs> Any Bruce fans. Yeah. Uh, you ever seen, I, mean, I assume you're a, you've seen a Hugh Jackman movies. Are you a Hugh Jackman fan? Can you name me a uh, Hugh Jackman movie? Well, he was in Wolverine. He was Wolverine. Oh, okay. All right. I know who you're talking um, he about. He was um, the guy that was in The Greatest Showman, opposite Zac Efron. Yes. And, he's talented. Oh, he's great. He was also yeah. in um, Les Mis, the, the, yeah. oh my gosh, the yeah. movie version. Um, well... Uh, out today or the other day uh, off of AP Hugh Jackman the pop star read his massive world tour apparently <laughs> here I'll read the article because I don't want to uh, misspeak Hugh Jackman is set to launch a pop star like tour next year but he's done his research he's been to a Beyonce concert a Justin Timberlake concert and a Michael Jackson concert he said I've seen some of the greats and the great performers for me are the ones who can connect with the person in the back and the front. And I'll sometimes sit in the back because I want to know how I'm feeling back here. I want to know the theater and I want to connect to every single person. So it looks like he's going to be going on tour as a pop act. So like with like back like a full band. It looks, and- it looks like a full, full band dancers. Um, here, let me look further down the article. Uh, I, I imagine i mean like he's a super creative guy it's probably gonna be really good uh, i'm curious as hell 
Yeah. <laughs> See, like the greatest showman thing was the first one where I was like, wow, like I, I'm sorry that I didn't. I don't know names and faces. Like it takes a little oh, it's bit okay. to connect them. But my girlfriend kicks my butt with that stuff too. Sometimes <laughs> we sometimes we play the IMDB game and she yeah. kicks my Oh my gosh. I don't know anybody. <laughs> I know like the pop, you know, the pop. The, the, the main thing. ones, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it says that's that. That's so uh, cool though. It starts May 13th in Hamburg, Germany. And then he'll play two shows at the O2 Arena in London. <laughs> wow. Uh, where um, the Greatest Showman album's done better there mm. and had even more success in America. Wow. So it's spent 48 of the 49 weeks in the top 10 in the UK charts. Wow. He, he also says he's going to perform some original music on the tour, and he co- recalls working on an album when he was signed to a rec- record label over a decade ago when he starred in Broadway's The Boy From Oz, which won- he won a That's Tony so in cool. in what? 2004. That's How amazing. bizarre is that? Well, I thought you'd get a kick out of that. Yeah, multi-talented artist. He's, so cool. Yeah. It, don't you get a little jealous, though? You're like, no, not, not even a little all, bit? I definitely do. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Like, I've, It's been a lot. And I'm, you know, I'm just getting started and I'm stressed out. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, you do you. I'm going to hang out and doing what I'm doing. I just, you know, I, I want to be really careful because I never, you know, I'm not saying that I am even worthy of it, but I never want to get to a point where I feel like I have to make art only for the people like that. It's not no longer for me kind of a Mm -hmm. thing. It has to be 50, 50 or some, some split. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, it's a lot. (laughs) <laughs> to do and I could you know I I really want to do it for a long time but like I don't think you know after I have kids it could be something that I can continue to do because it's a lifestyle and family and love is something that I've always dreamed of like being a mother and so like I I don't get jealous for those kinds of like big things because I don't have those kinds of you know big dreams I think um it would be cool to like, you know, do it, but I could see it being difficult. Oh yeah. Very hard and hard on your body and mind and soul and spirit in every way. You better, you better be balanced. If yeah. You're doing something that's, like that's that. the thing is like, you have to make sure, I don't know if I have that kind of self-discipline <laughs> to care for myself in those situations when like, that's a lot, like you're torn and you have a big band and like you're an actor and everybody knows you and everywhere you go, people know who you are and you can't sit down and have a normal dinner. You know, you can't go somewhere without getting a picture taken or like, you know, either you thrive on it or you are, I won't say recluse, but you definitely need your space. Yeah. And you know, the fact that paparazzi have to like stalk people in, in their home, you know, outside. That's weird. That's weird, but I it's mean, real, you know? I mean, a lot of us, I think, would probably break like Kanye would. Yeah. And just I mean, like, get, get out of my front lawn. Of course. I, I probably would. I, in that regard, I feel. Uh, in kinship with him, and yeah. when he broke down, I was like, "Yeah, I would be mad you're on my front lawn too." Right. Um, Disrespect, really. Yeah, just forget yeah. about it. But so yes, um, in a sense, like I that, that's so cool, but I don't think that I could get there. I don't think I have the responsibility to to do that. So I I'm not jealous. You know, I'm like that's cool as hell that someone could do that. Yeah, good for you, man. <laughs> That's amazing. And the last bit of news is mostly for me and Mark. I don't know if you know this band called Galactic. No. Uh, They're a great band. They feature the drummer Stanton Moore, one of my favorites. And it was confirmed. Galactic released a statement confirming purchase of Tipitina's, which is one of the main clubs down in New Orleans. Mark, have you ever actually been to Tipitina's? Yeah, I've actually played there. Oh, with the uh, the bridge? The bridge played there, yeah. 
Um, how long ago was that? Do you uh, remember? That was 2012, I think. Okay. So. Big room. I've never been it's there. It's big. It's like, I think capacity is like, it's under 1,000. It's probably like 600 or something. Okay. Well, it says here that it's confirmed. Uh, it doesn't say any details as to um, what the split is. It, they say, our goal is to preserve, promote, and protect the future of New Orleans music, culture, and heritage via the Tipitina's venue and brand, says Stanton Moore. Wow. And they got the name from a Professor Longhair tune. Uh, yeah, I believe. Yep. Yeah, it's a great, um, that's a great band to check out. Yeah. If uh, you're in, thinking about more tunes to, to listen to. Yeah. Which is what this podcast is for. <laughs> All right, this next segment I like to call Whip It Out, your phone, that is. We talk about the last five things that you listen to on your Spotify, Apple Music, and the last five things that you've been checking out, which yeah. will tell our audience, yeah. and maybe we could share the love of music that we've all been listening to. Yes. Um, here, I'll go first, Yes. just to kind of break this. I've um, been listening to this song. It's called The Smoothie Song by Nickel Creek, because Hambone's getting ready to um, cover it. Next year, uh, we have a bunch of new albums and songs and shows we're getting ready to announce. So, yeah. um, actually, today <clears throat> our new uh, live album came out. Oh, nice! Yeah. Congratulations! Thank you. That's I wasn't awesome. digging, um, but it's called um, "Like a Rocket, but Louder." Can I listen to it like now? Yeah, I mean, like well, on my way home right now. Just like <laughs> put it in. Um, yeah, it's on Bandcamp. It's okay. like seven tunes. It was recorded live at. Um, uh, Front Porch Festival nice. in uh, Virginia. Oh. oh, okay. I was going to say in West Philly, but that's awesome. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 Whose who's, uh, porch did you do it on? Um, the next thing, the second thing, was an album by Lyle Lovett, who I mentioned earlier. It's called The album's called It's Not Big, It's Large. It's fantastic. I recommend it. The third one is a little cheesy. It's my guilty pleasure. It's my Christmas pleasure. <laughs> It's called, it's a Celine Dion album called These Are Special Times. Yeah. Hold on, oh, I'm going to preface it. It was my mom's cleaning, it's my mom's cleaning album. Whenever she would clean the house and she'd have like the cinnamon candle and she's doing her thing, she would have this album on it. Like yes. I felt very nostalgic. Yes. This is not the Titanic theme song, dude. <laughs> Speaking of which, I just made John Gilbride's uh, Spotify playlist for the, the first episode and we talk about it, so I added it onto the, onto that Spotify playlist. Heck yeah. The fourth thing I got is Mad World by Gary Jules featuring Michael Andrews. I watched Donnie Darko the other day. <laughs> yep. That'll do it. You've seen that film? <laughs> oh my God, yeah. One of my favorites. Oh, it's so good. So good. Uh, I watch it so many times. <laughs> what is the guy's name? That's uh, It's um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal and his sister is uh, in the film too. Maggie Gyllenhaal. Maggie Gyllenhaal. <laughs> this is why we have producer Mark, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, and the fifth thing is an artist that I just discovered called William Fitzsimmons. <gasps> um, I never heard of him, but he has a Spotify sessions on Spotify yeah. that you can check out. <laughs> uh, sometimes I say really weird and stupid things and Mark laughs at me during the podcast um, but check him out he's fantastic what are your five um, so right now I'm listening to Little Strike who's a local artist do you okay. know I don't oh my gosh she's amazing Tamar um, she just came out with an EP called Beyond Things okay it's so impressive it's amazing um, let's see who else um Phoebe Bridgers. Okay. Have you I know a her? little bit of her. She came out with this album, Stranger in the Alps, I what's, think. What's her main song? She has like a big hit, and I can't remember um, what her big song is. I think uh, Steam, not Steamroller, um, Emotional Motion Sickness. I have, uh, to, I have to go. 
I'll forgot. go listen. I should know the name. I listened to the oh, whole you know what I'm thinking through, of? so I'm not looking at the name. I'm thinking of Leon Bridges, not Phoebe Bridges. Oh, yeah. Oh, Leon okay. Bridges is also amazing. Yeah. So good. All right, who's um, your third? I wish I could whip out my phone. You can. <laughs> can do you I? have it? Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. T- totally. Take it out. That's why we call this uh, segment what it is. Yes. I didn't okay. realize how dirty it was until my girlfriend called me out, and I was like, ah, it's already in the first two. <laughs> yeah, right. You got to keep it. <laughs> for just for, for continuation's uh... sake. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I, I really listen to a lot of local artists. Because, I can tell. <laughs> yeah, because I, I mean, it's the greatest thing. <clears throat> you learn amazing songs. You get to go out to $10 shows. <clears throat> it's just like a great experience. Like all your friends are there. How many um, shows do you go to a month locally? I'm going to be honest. Recently, with working on the album so much and stressing out about that, I haven't had a chance to go out as much as I usually do. But a normal usually time. like once or twice a week. But before the album, literally like four or five nights a week. See, that's that's amazing because we, I know for me and and Mark, we have a rough time going out so much just because work and right. things. And but like that's also why you know I get up yeah. at uh, like seven thirty eight a.m. in the morning and teach. Pre-K music. So, you know, it's hard to be out. But at the end of the day, you're like, do I go out and like hang out or do I just sit here motionless for a while? Um, That's great. Okay. So what number are we on for four? I think we're Um, or five. Two, right? Little. Oh, no. Three. Little Strike, Phoebe Bridgers, um, Taylor Kelly. Taylor. Oh, I know Taylor Kelly. Well, no, of her. Um, She's great. The Phonies used to be her backing band, and now my buddy Robbie Webb is making her new album. Oh, sick. That's awesome. She's amazing. She's a great singer. She's so good. Um, She's got an album, Do You Feel Me? Mm -hmm. So good. I love it. I think she also went to where I went to college, was the University of the Arts. Oh, nice. Yeah, U Arts. Mariah actually went to U Arts as well. Oh, did she? Yeah. I feel bad. I should have known that. No, you're fine. Oops. (laughs) Did anybody anybody else in your band go there? No. um, Mark. I think went to Rowan. Um, Logan went to Princeton. Right. Um, Drew went to Temple. That's not surprising. Yeah. <laughs> and um, who am I missing? Jay. I actually don't know where Jay went. But he, he went to, to okay. school for music as well. Um, um, what was I going to say? What was the next thing? Is it my next artist? Go for the next artist. What, uh, I think we're on number four because Taylor <laughs> Kelly four. was three. Um, Little Bird. Who's Little Bird? Um, they're actually, I should know where they're from, but my friend Kirby actually turned me on to them. Um, they have an album called Familiar. Mm-hmm. And it's so good. Like okay. they're, you know, the kind of people you listen to and you already think they're famous and then you're like, oh, they're touring like locally. It's what music best. is it? What kind of music is it's it? It's like, um, mm, multi genre <laughs> it's hard to it's like um let's see it's like funky but like electronic not yeah funky funktronica funktronica um mm. definitely like electric rock um it's got like groovy groovy sways <laughs> like this <laughs> yeah like this you know <laughs> um yeah they're great um so i've been listening to that and what's number five and number five is uh, always sufjan stevens oh yeah always that's my love for my mr life. cat i love him so much i found out recently uh he's born on my dad's birthday which no. is awesome and so is mark <laughs> mark nesman oh really yeah it's so cool I how hilarious that. is july that? july 1st you have a busy day on july 1st you gotta call everybody up <laughs> yeah. you can try to get cat stevens there yeah or, right sorry. how do you say his first name now sufjan, sufjan. 
Moving on to the next segment, we talk about the top 40. We pick either a tune that we like or we talk about how we feel about the top 40. But as we can kind of tell, Rachel likes local artists and local things. Can you talk about your feelings about the top 40? Yeah, um, I definitely have an appreciation for pop because it's so catchy and so good. Mm -hmm. But none of these songs um, that I listen to, like I really connected with. I guess, you know, you said like the top 40 things. So I was looking through all of them. I was like, first off, I don't know any of these songs. So let me listen to some. Mm -hmm. So I listened to like Ariana Grande, you know, God is a woman. I'm like, oh, this is cool. You know, well, that's the one that I had listed for my favorite top 40 this week. Yeah, that's because so funny. Um, I love her. Honestly. Yeah, like, so OK, so she's great. She's got so three great. top 40 songs, which it doesn't really matter. But she has this tune that like it's been stuck in my head and I'm a huge fan. It's called Into You. The if you took the melody line, it's almost like a funk guitar part. That's it. And I've been trying to get bands to cover this song because it's so good. Yeah. And just that like that is so great. It's so good. And then, well, yeah. So, um, God is a woman. The track's great. The yeah. the the production's great. Mm. Yeah, I think out of the ones I listened to, that was that was my favorite one. I love Ariana Grande. She's so dang talented um and like she's actually talented mm -hmm. you know she's a pop artist who can like sing by herself you know as opposed to some others yes exactly yeah in our opinion yeah um <laughs> that was for the audience uh, that little side glance by the way we'll have video of this interview on youtube if you would like to check that oh, out as well sick. um so back to how we felt about the top 40 so a lot of these tunes that you've looked through, mm -hmm. you didn't really connect with as a person or as an artist, or is it kind of both? Or? Um, as a as an artist mainly, like as a person, they're so fun. Like I would, you know, they're fun to listen to, but to me, they just all sound the same. Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing. I always know what's coming up next. There's nothing. What I really love about music is surprises. Like I love like. I don't like you know a lot of people don't like math rock, but like the kind of metal funky like just. You like to not know what's signatures. coming next. You want to like almost feel that sense of um, surprise. Really. Yeah, I guess that's the word. I was thinking, just trying to think of something else, but there's no other. <laughs> you just want to be punched in the in the brain with music, right? And that's what like, if you ever see me at a live show, people are always like, "You're dancing like exactly to the beat, and you're giggling when it gets complicated." Like I like. Like, I, like, giggle. Like, you don't know what it is, but they, you're like, ah. When it starts, like, like if they change, like, you know, if they do something funky or, like, you know, six, I'm like, ah. Like, I, like, those kinds of things are so great to me. And it's, like, why I love music so much. So when I listen to pop now, you know, um, none of that's there for me. So it doesn't, like, do it for me, you know? Or there's not, like, samples and, like, weird stuff in the background. So it doesn't do it for me. Like, mm. I don't have that emotional connection. But I could see, like, you know, at a wedding or dance party, like, it would be fun to, to dance to. Oh, yeah, Definitely. for sure. It's like candy and you like the beat. It's cool. Yeah. Um, I do find there's a few tunes that I like on there. I'm not a top 40, like, I'm not on all the time. Like, what's everybody listening to? I should listen to what that is so I can so I can talk about it at the water cooler <laughs> with my friends and be like, oh, oh, my God, uh, Maroon 5, uh, uh, so good. It's terrible, in my opinion. Um, it's okay. Maroon 5? Yeah. I love Maroon 5. But well, only they're like classic. See, you know? everyone says that. It's like, <laughs> I love Maroon 5, but <laughs> Songs About Jane is the best album they ever made. And then it's, true. it's, it's, so good. it's the same line. Most, well, most musicians say that. I, that I find. All right, the next round here is called the lightning round. I'm going to say something. You have to quickly say what your answer is. Okay. Are you ready? 
Yes. Okay. What's the first album you ever owned? On vinyl? CD, vinyl. Like you owned, it was yours. Don't be schooled by the rocks that I got. I'm, oh. still, I'm still Jenny from the block. <laughs> it was uh, on my Walker, my little CD. A Walkman? Yeah, a Walkman. My Walkman. Walker. I didn't know. I was so young. My Walkman, yes. Kids are like, what's a Walkman? <laughs> Kids, that's the thing that you put the CD in. It, you had to walk around with it. It was like that a little CD player. Thing. And you had to put the CD in it. And then you had to carry it a certain way right, so, so it didn't it skip. <laughs> Mine was terrible. It ruined all of my CDs. I think my first CD uh, kind of changes depending on my, how my memory is doing. It was either the um, the Pokemon movie soundtrack yes. or it was, um, <laughs> don't laugh, Mark, or that sigh. And then um, what was the other one? The Jimmy Neutron yes. soundtrack. <laughs> That's great. I love the soundtrack. It's the soundtrack. Like- it's always the soundtrack. Um, it was That's brutal. Uh, oh, I was oh, made fun man. of. It was terrible. Uh, second one. Yes. First show you saw, like first big concert that you saw. Justin Bieber. Are you serious? Back when, what year was this? Um, I was in middle school. Um, I was. This would have been right after his big uh, movie or first album, or was it like when he was? It was the, like when he became pop. It was the at YouTube the Jingle Ball. The uh, uh, I don't even remember the station anymore. One oh, Q one oh two, Q one oh two Jingle 102, Ball. One oh two. Okay. Um. One oh two point nine. All my middle school friends went, so I was like, I'll go. And we made, like made T-shirts. And Locally, like, that was one oh two point one. I think so. One oh two point one. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, Okay, number three. What was the last show you saw that you weren't a part of? That I wasn't a a part of. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nick Greeley and the Operators, Mm -hmm. uh, Trap Rabbit, and uh, Johnny Showcase, uh, Johnny Mm -hmm. Brennitz. Yeah, we're playing with him on Sunday. Uh, Who? Uh, Nick. Nick. Oh, nice. Yeah, so we're uh, playing first, and he'll be playing second. Yeah, I, I had no idea that. I knew of his name through like for bookings, right? But mm-hmm. I had I just never knew that he was in a band. So when I went to go, because I went to support Trap Rabbit, I try and go to like every single one of their shows because mm-hmm. they're like my best friends and they're so amazing. Um, and dance, they make me dance. That's like a big thing too. Like I want to like you want to get down, yeah, get down, diggity dirty, yeah, diggity dirty. <laughs> That's actually the name of her next record, which is Down Diggity Dirty. <laughs> Dancing, down diggity dirty, dance. No, if you had the dirty dancing yeah, though there's like much. copyright right and, and that's it's funny we had issues with like the fifth element because i didn't want that you know oh, the movie exactly oh, but so i that's think, why it's I the think v? we'll be fine yeah we we made it the v but <clears throat> we changed it back to fifth because too many people kept saying the v element yeah that's what gilby said and i was like that's weird yeah 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 so because there's no five roman numeral i think if people saw the lines on the top and bottom they'd be like oh five you know mm-hmm. fifth. but also you know the five element it was a little confusing so. yeah you have to like copy and paste every time you post it about the band you have to have like the fancy v. yeah anyway number four <laughs> yes favorite song to play ever or right now right now it can be either yours a cover doesn't have to it can be um somebody local heart of gold neil young that's a great song Whole album's great. Yeah, so good. Um, number five, least favorite song to play. She might not have an answer. <laughs> yeah, I don't really play songs that I don't like, but least favorite out of like my repertoire. Mm. Or something you're falling out of love with, maybe. Yeah. Oh, um, just because I've overdone it, I've done it so much. Um, Florence and the Machine. Dog days are over. Everyone uh, knows that I sing that song, so every time I'm like doing the cover gig, they're like, "Dog days are over." 
And, and you're so like, I no. Sing it. Yeah, I sing it at every single one. So that one, yeah. Okay. I, I feel uh, the same way about, uh, I used to do Jolene. Yes. By, not by not by Dolly Parton, by Ray LaMontagne. Oh, okay. Um, he's amazing. He's my dude. So freaking good. He's so, that's a new guy I recently learned about. Mm-hmm. His voice. Oh my gosh. So it's really good. good. Number six, which is going to be hard for you, but we're going to try this. Yeah. Favorite local artist that has been unheard of that, people should know about mother moses okay mother moses number seven guilty pleasure artist or album guilty pleasure Mm. i don't know (laughs) we'll come back to it okay all right number eight worst job you ever had Probably Starbucks. People get pretty rude about their venti mocha loca choda lattes. It was really the drive-thru. I think it caused me to have some sort of, um, like, I'm always cold now. <laughs> oh, so Dude, the window keeps opening? Because I was great at drive-thru. I was great at, like, doing the thing. So mm. they'd always put me on drive-thru. And it was freezing cold. Oh, no. <laughs> Just, like, open and close, and there's, like, icicles. <laughs> and you're that thinking about tough. life. Oh, I, I, I know. Imagine. I'm like, I can't do this forever. I can't freeze at the drive-thru. <laughs> I'm getting cold thinking about it. I'm just close crossing my arms yeah that uh, was tough and every morning too it was oh number yeah. nine favorite album of all time mm. helplessness blues by the fleet foxes okay is that you covered a fleet foxes song i cover a lot of their songs actually um helplessness blues is one that i do with mariah we we do a really great vocal harmony on that did you make um, a youtube video of that one i did yeah okay. we did um um blue ridge mountains um meadowlark um tiger mountain peasant song there are there i am so inspired by fleet foxes um my friends actually have you ever heard of the soft spots Uh shout out to uh the westfall connection group um they're like a local group from like where i'm from like lansdale north wales and um they introduced me they are like very big in music and they were huge um inspiration for me like they were the ones who like introduced me to, like vinyl and stuff it was really cool. Oh, cool and that was like the first album that they played in their house and i fell in love with it and we just like all sat on the couch like something in a bowl <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this is amazing um what the, what she means is they had really hot popcorn and yes, the smoke was rising yes. off the popcorn out of the glass out of bowl. the bowl so <laughs> yeah yeah all right number should be number 10 <laughs> who's your favorite artist of all time right now right now that you have to listen to phoebe bridgers okay just like oh my gosh really connected with me by the way we're gonna have so many people we have to tag in this video in this, <laughs> um, this podcast so like, every philly artist would be like "Ooh, thank you what's your next show that's happening in it locally or on tour mm-hmm. um our album release show at boot and saddle on awesome. december 28th who else is on it uh las palabras chris Oh, cool. Yeah, and his whole band, so funky, so good. Mm-hmm. Also very uh, underrated band mm-hmm. for no, how excellent. amazing they are. And Chris um, is a great drummer, too. Yeah, he really is. So good. Chris, I'll wait for my 20 bucks to show up in my house. <laughs> uh, my address is. And um, <laughs> where can people find you, um, Yes, rachelandy.com. Oh, you mean like No, online? I mean like social, like social networks, yeah. Social networks, yeah. Rachel Andy Music, mm-hmm. rachelandy.com, YouTube, Rachel Andy Music. Oh, usually just Rachel Andy. And A-N-D-I-E. your Instagram is the same, at Rachel Andy Music. Mm-hmm. Make sure to follow her there. She's very positive. Thank you so much for coming today. Thanks for having me. This was amazing. And make sure to check out the album, Tume. Oh, my God. Tume. Tume Mom. Go check it out. Thank you so much for coming. My name is Rob. Peace.
Thank you so much for listening to Dude Check This Out. Once again, if you want to learn more about Hambone Relay, please go to our website, hambonerelay.com, or go to iTunes to check out our records, or Spotify, which is where these playlists will be located for these episodes. And don't listen to the haters, man. There's plenty of good music out there. You just have to keep looking. See y'all later.